What is good, everyone, and welcome back to the Nostalgia Plus Ultra podcast. This is episode three. My name is Nostalgia. Joining me is the man, the myth, the legend, as told by Zoe. What's good, my guy? What's up, bro? Not much, man. I'm just chilling. Uh, as of recording this, uh, I will actually, when this, when this episode goes out, I'll be back home uh, to Atlanta, Georgia. I'll be back in the cold uh, to 40 degree weather and some. Yeah, just not really look. Not I'm looking forward to it, but not really looking it's forward Christmas to the weather. weather. It's Christmas weather. Yeah, I guess the the thing with Georgia is you get all four seasons. So I mean, that's a plus. I mean, literally, I was standing outside uh, for like our staff meeting at my job. Mm-hmm. We were standing outside about to go to the restaurant. It's 80 degrees. I was like, it's 80 degrees in December. What are we doing right now? That's what I'm saying, the, bro. I was sweaty yesterday. The world is dying. What are we doing? It's 80 degrees in December, bro. I mean, Florida's, South Florida's different, but I was just like, bro, what the heck is going on? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, as of recording this, um, Jump Fiesta launched, and they had a bunch of new uh, stuff come out. I think I sent you some stuff. Uh, so, did I want to talk about off-rip. Spy Family getting an anime adaptation. Uh, yeah. I think I sent you that trailer. I had Chainsaw never even heard Man. of the manga. Yeah, no, okay, so Spy Family is super dope. It's a very, um, has a lot of action, some really good comedy elements, and then the some romantic elements that make it really cool. Like, Spy Family is a really good manga to read. Uh, also, Chainsaw Man didn't really get much of the, much of a promotional as far as saying exactly when they're going to drop their, uh, their anime adaptation or whatever, but they did have some stuff for that. The manga is coming back in the summer of 2022, so that's a big plus. Uh, I know the the first part, I guess, is, I guess the one that everybody likes is the first part that ends, I think it's about 90, 90 plus chapters, around the 90 chapter mark. And so it's not, it's a really quick read, uh, low key as far as like top shonen manga goes, pretty quick read. So they're going to bring that back for the second part of it. And I'm excited to see where uh, Denji's character goes from there. I know, like, a lot of the best and favorite characters from part one um, may or may not be there anymore. So I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not going to reveal any more information about that in case you want to pick that up. Uh, but what I really wanted to, wa- oh, we get, a, we get a guest appearance? I'm recording. We get a guest appearance from Pops today? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think my dad is decent, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Chainsaw Man, yes, Chainsaw Man. Uh, the manga is about tw- summer twenty twenty two, so that's a big plus. Uh, but the thing I really want to talk about is the fact that Bleach is making a return. And yeah. as a Bleach fan that have been has been in the down in the dumps because we've we've been getting shit on all. I can't tell you how long about oh you're never getting the the other arc or never getting a new season yada yada yada. We're getting. New manga content with the one shots with, oh, shit. with Ichigo's with Ichigo's kid, which is super dope. Okay, and we're getting the Thousand Year Blood War arc uh, getting um, animated, and man, that the PV for that when I saw it is just it looks sick. Oh man, it looks so good. Like it's honestly, as far as Bleach goes, the I guess the Rukia retrieval arc or the Soul Society arc, mm-hmm. where they like that beginning arc where they have to go save Rukia. In the beginning, that arc is probably the the best one. The Thousand Year Blower arc, in terms of just like action and storytelling, is pretty up there for me at least. It has 
arguably one of the best fights in the whole series. Um, and I'm not going to really go too much into it if you guess you want to like if anybody wants to read it. it has one of the best fights in uh, in the whole series. It has some of the best like characters. Honestly, uh, top two anime villain when he, oh, when, he, when when my man comes on screen. Okay, like. Like Aizen already is like the is like the pinnacle of anime villains, Loki, in my opinion. But when uh, Yahweh or Yawatch, I can't remember how to pronounce his name, uh, when he comes on, when he comes up in this this uh, this arc, it's gonna be crazy. Like he's just a really like menacing dude. Like I got the same feeling with him that I did with Aizen. Where like as soon as I saw them like show up, I was like, holy shit, some shit gonna happen. And so like I'm really excited for that stuff. Why do you think it took so long to make this arc? I don't know. I think, well, the, the, the problem is people, I don't, actually, you know what's funny? I really don't know. I feel like I, ha, I should probably look that up to see why it took so long. But I know, I know like, people say like, oh, the first part of Bleach is great and then it gets bad or something of, of the anime. Oh, because of the filler arcs. So you got to think about... But okay, so here's the thing. When it comes I've never to, seen you know, it, so explain. Yeah. Okay, so when... Much like how Naruto and One Piece work, too. Mm. And as far as, like... Because they're part of the big three as well. So yeah. much how that works is if uh, stories in heavy ser- serialization and it's getting very popular, it's automatically going to get an anime adaptation. The thing is sometimes that certain shows get anime adaptations and then right when... <clears throat> right when they're about to uh, end an arc, the the manga will, the manga and the anime will catch up with each other. So then you have to uh, find. Okay. So then you have to find ways to fill that gap. So you have filler arcs, right? Oh, uh, we have a Full Metal Alchemist type deal. Not even like Full Metal Alchemist. The first version. Created, I guess though the first version they made their own original story, so it wasn't a filler. It was like we're just gonna. Oh, we're just gonna end it. Yeah, basically, once we, once we get to episode 12 and we caught up to the manga, we're just going to create our own story and just keep it going that way. What Bleach, One Piece, Naruto, even Boruto too, like what they do, oh, they especially with, yeah, with weekly, with, with weekly anime, not seasonal, oh. with weekly anime. So, yeah, it's a difference. So, if weekly, weekly anime and seasonal anime are different. So, with a show like with Jujutsu Kaisen, right? Yeah. If Jujutsu Kaisen decided to be weekly... We definitely would have gotten a filler arc in between, probably the end of the, the Goodwill event and right before the the movie the uh, the death no the death painting will mark with like the two oh the two brothers yeah sure. we would have got a yeah, fi- yeah, yeah. we would have got a filler arc between the two of those, or even like the twelve episodes we probably actually no yeah it would have been between those two we would have got a filler arc wow or or it would have been those first the two cores with twenty four episodes and then more filler. As they get into the Shibuya arc, sure. but since it's seasonal, they're just gonna wait. So with One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach, uh, with those three, they were all weekly anime. Mm. So at some point in time, they all caught up with the manga, the, the manga. source material. So when you get to that point, you have to fill time. So when Bleach is, I will say, compared to the other two, Bleach's filler is better than the other two. There are some Naruto fillers that are good. I mean, I do not like the One Piece filler, but that's just me. Um, so that's kind of where it was. People just weren't really keen on the filler parts of Bleach, and then they omitted a lot of stuff when it came to 
the actual surf material arcs. So they took a good bit of substance out of some of the more key arcs, like the Aronkal arc. They took some stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. I know they took they took a a big chunk out of the later half of that Aronkal arc with some of the fights. Like there's some fights that go off screen. They off screen a lot of the people's oh. uh, fights, which kind of sucks. Um, and then that's basically how it happened. They thing is they ended on honestly Bleach's, I guess le- like worst arc. Oh, like okay. I would like the the beginning arc is always tough because it's the very beginning of the story, so it's obviously not going to be that good sometimes. But like the what is the name of that arc? I can't remember the 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 name, but it's when he oh the uh, Fullbring the Fullbring arc when he gets like his powers back after having to give them having to give them up to save uh, to save uh, the in the, to save I think Odahime in the Aronka arc. I think he had to give up his powers. Oh no, he had to give up his powers to be Aizen. Yeah, okay, I'm tripping. He had to give up his powers to 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 uh, to be Aizen. So now in the Fullbring arc, he has to get his powers back, and that arc is not that good. And so it ended on a sour note for a lot of fans. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's probably why it took that long. Sure. But like the the pickup from the Fullbring arc into this one though is crazy. Like I, the I will I definitely want to say that the that these the, the Soul Society arc and the Thousand Year Blow arc are going to be the two best, especially when oh man, that's I'm so excited for that for real. Sick. I um, I'm looking at the Jump Festa lineup. Yeah. Started started off with Spy Family. I've they they talk about Dragon Quest, which apparently is pretty good. I think I should, I'm gonna get into it. Like the anime? Yeah, the Dies Adventure. Okay. Um, oh. Uh, Dragon Ball Super Superhero looks cool. It does look cool. They're going back to making Gohan the focal point of the story now, which yeah. I think is which I, I think is good. Interesting. I think it's interesting. The the animation style they're going with is definitely um, different, different than what they're used to. But I mean, I'll watch it. I mean, yeah, I think Akira Toriyama's designs look good in 3D, like Dragon Quest. Yeah, exactly. I think he's a uh, really good animator. Really good. Uh, Good manga too, so we'll we'll see how that works. I think, yeah, I think them making Gohan the focal point of the story was probably what they needed to do, yeah, like earlier. But you know, Goku's the flagship character. You can't just you can't, sit you up. Can't you can't just you can't just sit him on the back burner. But I think them making Gohan the the main guy in this was going to be good. Um, what else is on that list for the for the lineup? Uh, That's some other stuff. Something that looks interesting to me because there's four different stages. Um. On the the red stage, there's four things they're announcing. The first one's Taisho Otome Fairy Tale. Then Demon Slave. It's like okay, cool names. The fourth one is Haiku. The third one, it just says Yu-Gi-Oh. Really? What are they announce? Have they announced that yet? I don't think so. Nothing I'm aware of. It's. A, I think some a, some of them are some of them are getting announced. We well, you know how Japan works. It's like. Like right now is their nighttime. Yeah. yeah. So but is it like a new anime or manga uh, or? It probably would just be some more promotional stuff, like maybe a mobile game or something. Oh, that would suck. I know. <laughs> it's just more promotional stuff. I think they can't really do that much more Yu-Gi-Oh anyway. Oh my they might God. make like a, another version or something. I don't know. Hopefully. Tomorrow's super stage looks stacked. They're talking about Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen. Dr. Stone, 
My Hero and One Piece. Yeah. All some of those stage. are going to be some of those are going to be just some like s- small promotional stuff. Sure. I don't think anything's going to be big. I know Black Clover's probably going to get a PV for a movie. Um they're probably going to show another promotional trailer for Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. So that movie is coming out, which I really want to see. You don't um, think that they'll give us like an announcement on the second season? They probably will. I mean, I hope they do. Uh, because they they're definitely gonna with the with the popularity of JJK, like there's no way they're not gonna put more like not gonna follow up with the new season, especially because the Shibuya arc is probably. I know like the the manga is still going on, but the Shibuya arc right now is like one of the best arcs ever in shonen to me at least. Wow, just because it just has so much going on and. Uh, a lot of people are going to be super hyped for certain moments, and a lot of people are going to be really upset for a lot of moments. But really? I think the yeah the overall storytelling in it and what happens, I think just so what happens and then the the implications for what comes next after the arc are like just what makes it really good because like there's like real consequences, real weight, real stuff happens, uh, and Octokami's not afraid to make to do some stuff that changes the tra- the trajectory of the story because a lot of the stuff you know with shonen a lot of the stuff can get predictable with what's going to happen sure and you know you see that in shonen you see that in a lot of shonen you see that in jjk too with the trope of like the the cross school the cross school event that yeah. gets taken over by the enemy like that happens in every shonen ever it happens yeah. with naruto happens with uh happens with oh gosh happens with with JJK, we're just like it's a bunch of different a bunch of different ones. We're like the two schools are going at it, and then all of a sudden the evil villain yeah, that's a main part of the story. Exactly, but it has some stuff like that. But for the Shibi arc, like you kind of look at it and see, oh wait, I don't know what's gonna happen next. Like, you can't really predict that, and a lot of stuff he does that he writes in the story is like, oh well. That's not usually what happens in Shonen, or that's not usually what happens <laughs> in the usual stories cool. that we tell here. So I think it's it's gonna be really important. But um, I know, like, I don't know about what like what they're doing to do with One Piece. Uh, I know Black, yeah, like I said, Black Clover is probably gonna get a movie. Black Clover, PD. they're announcing. Oh yeah, t- uh, wait, I just saw. Oh, they're announcing it. Something about it tomorrow. Yeah. Um. What is this? The third One Piece Knowledge King final stage. Is that a game no show? Idea. No idea. <laughs> no idea. No clue. Summertime rendering. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read off a few of these and see if you've like heard of them or read them. Gotcha. Um so today on the blue stage there's Undead Unluck. That's I read cool. that. That bro, Undead Unluck is so good. Okay. Oh my I, god. It sounds cool. I'm going off of the It's names. so cool. It's uh, so cool. What is it? New Prince Tennis. Oh, New Prince of Tennis. They I've watched The Prince of Tennis. It is literally just it's I mean, obviously it's like tennis, but it definitely pushes the boundaries of what a sports anime is cuz they really be pulling some shit out of their ass. A lot okay. of the time, when they with some of the stuff, it's like a very over exaggerated version of tennis. Like it's not very, it's not based in realism a lot of the time. But sure. like, there's no superpowers or anything. But it's not really based in realism. But the show is great. Um, I think they're doing. They're starting like the U17 arc. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. Oh, U17, like under like, 17s, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's funny. 
Yeah. Um. Oh God. World's End Harem. Oh my God, dude, that is the. <laughs> I just saw Harem. <laughs> of course, is horny. That okay? So full disclosure for anybody reading, and I, for my family that may be listening, do not oh judge God. me. When oh I, I read that manga for research purposes. Okay, research just to see, purposes. just to see. Okay, full full disclosure, just to see what it was. What I got was essentially hentai. Actually, not even essentially. It literally is. The problem, the thing is, I don't know how they're gonna actually animate that, like for regular audiences. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god. Okay, I looked up pictures. <laughs> Dude, it's bad. You did not. This is not research. There's enough research on the cover. <laughs> Look, I told you. I told you. It's the it's purple, research the purposes purple hair lady with the bangs and the yeah. boobies and the thighs. Look, oh I God, did not what's know. What's this cover? <gasps> <laughs> it's two purple hair. They're the same, but they're naked. What is this? Okay, full disclosure. I did not know what I was getting into when I read the first chapter. Okay. That's all I really, that's all, that's as far as I got. Was this early in your manga reading career? No, 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 no. This, you know, it's like when I heard this was coming out, people were like, Oh my God, how are they going to animate this? This is, this is really bad. And I was like, huh? I was like, huh? What is it? It can't be that bad. And then I literally look at the premise of it. And then I, then I read the first chapter and I'm like, okay, this is, (laughs) this is a lot. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Even I <laughs> so know, you don't have to do it? So your I browser history? That harem just means... He's got to pick through... Okay, I see a picture of three let me, girls. There's red let me, blonde, and purple lady. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me just... To save your browser history, let me just explain to you what it is. Okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. So essentially, um, there is a life-threatening disease uh, that is affecting a lot of the men and it in might the, end world. the world. And you know, it's just the men in the world, okay? okay. So, uh, and slowly but surely, all men are dying off. But there are certain people that have a certain like disease, another a second a second disease. It's like a legitimate, I guess disease that actually happens to people. I forgot what it's called, but they go through an experimental treatment, which basically they just get put in cryostasis, okay, and wake up a bunch of years later where all the men have been wiped out. And so basically what these men are trying to do, what these men are brought back to do is to repopulate the planet. Every every <laughs> woman on any cover looks evilly horny. Yeah, it's bad. I, like I said, look, again, for anybody listening, for that, whether it be friends of mine, people that don't know me, family members that are listening i only read the first chapter okay and that's <laughs> that's it just the first chapter oh, oh you didn't finish it no i didn't finish it can i sh- i'm gonna put on screen the the cover i just saw i'm about to <laughs> oh no oh it's yeah yeah no nah, it's bad <laughs> i think yeah the, the chapter is decently long so i think i see you see a lot of the characters that may show up on some of those volumes but again yeah, that's just it's bad, and they're, the fact that they're making an anime out of that is crazy to me because they you really think it's don't go as crazy. They can't do it. They literally can't do anything. It's just like 
So when it, I'll compare it to a different uh, vulgar anime, like uh, Interspe- Interspecies Reviewers, okay? So Interspecies Reviewers is literally a bunch of guys, and it's it's drawn very cartoonally, and it's drawn like like it's supposed to be like a hentai, for real. Like it's okay. supposed to be like that. It's basically a bunch of guys uh, rating different brothels in different worlds. What? Yeah. So each, but each brothel has different species of human or diff, uh, humans, a different people. So it's like fairies, oh minotaurs, my God, God. <laughs> Why did we? Okay. Why did we get on this subject? No, but I, I was to, just. I we was need just, to pivot. <laughs> okay, half of this looks normal, but then there's an octopus. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't read that, and I haven't really watched any of the episodes, but sure, I know you, that you know about it. I know about it because of like the people I follow, the people I like that I, I see talk about it. Right. I'm not. I look. I my degeneracy. I live my degeneracy vicariously through the people I follow on Twitter. Okay. Sure, yeah. I don't. <laughs> my me. I am not a degenerate. So those people that I follow on Twitter that may talk about that stuff. That's how I get this information from. None of this has to do with me. But it's okay. I'm looking at pictures of this now. There's, I know you would not read any of this. Never. But because, wow, that's insane. It's bad, right? But thing is, they, they use somewhat of metaphors for sex in, their, okay. in, their, in the manga and in the anime. There's more metaphors for sex. And they have uncensored versions that get put other places. Jesus Christ. So the thing is... With worlds in harem, it's based in realism. Like these are real people, so there's no cartoonish there's thing no, about it. It's no literally, yeah, it's like real people. Like okay. the girl on the, the girl on the, um, on the first volume, I think. Like when you first read the first chapter, like that first green me with the purple hair, okay. I, she might be the uh, the only thing that's like off. I think she might be like an android or something. Okay, I mean it's yeah, supposed but, to take place in the future. Yeah. So like, okay. That's the whole, that's the whole thing with that. So I'm really concerned. Not I mean, not concerned. Oh yeah, I'm concerned. But I'm uh, really questioning like what they're gonna do with that as an anime because they really can't animate any of that stuff unless they make an uncensored version and put it somewhere else. Sure. Because there's a lot of shit that goes on in there, and it's just ooh, it's a lot. Okay, I'm gonna attempt to pronounce this because there's no English title. Okay. We're getting back to the whole the jump festa lineup. Um, okay, thank you. Let's pivot because I'm about to incriminate myself. Aharensan wahaka renai. Huh? Aharensan wahaka renai. Let me. What is the um like the logo? What's like the picture on it? No, there's no picture. This is literally just a lineup. Oh well, wait. Okay. Let me, you know what? Yeah, that's that's a better idea. Let me copy and paste it. <laughs> I'm I'm the Jamie of the podcast. Oh my gosh, Jamie! It's just it's just pull one, up the picture one, of the deer. Two guys, one computer. What the? Okay, this looks like a a slice of life. Brother and little sister in school, maybe. Romantic uh, comedy manga gets TV anime next April. I don't know. I okay. haven't read that. Anything else? Oh, they might be. Oh yeah, okay. A little too romantic for me. Uh, Moriar- <laughs> the, the, Moriarty, the, the Patriot. 
I've watched that. It's pretty good. It's basically like a anime flip on Sherlock Holmes, where instead of it being from the perspective of Sherlock, oh my, it's from the it's from Moriarty. It's from the perspective, yeah, from the perspective of Moriarty. Oh, that's badass. And, and it's not, and he's he plays like an anti-hero type character where he's not like saving people's lives, but he's not a good. He's not. He's not uh, committing a lot of crimes, but he's not a good dude either. That's so really it's, cool. it's it's pretty interesting how they do that dynamic. It's cool. So like I've watched the first five or six episodes of it, and it's pretty good. So they, it, I guess it got popular enough for make it to make it a second season. So I might have to give that one a go again. Um, I'm I'm interested yeah. with the whole Sherlock Holmes thing. Yeah, it's, I mean it's definitely an interesting thing. The first episode kind of is pretty cool. So I think it. Um, I think it holds a lot of merit. So, uh, um, what about Platinum End? Platinum End. You know what's funny? Yeah. Platinum End made uh, that. You know how? Okay, so today we're supposed to be talking about like our worst, the worst anime we've ever watched. Sure. <laughs> Platinum End almost made that list. Really? <laughs> I could. I'll explain why. Like when we get to that topic, but okay. Um, but it's it's. I don't know. It's just like there's some there's certain things wrong with it, and it definitely got hyped up to be something really good, and it just couldn't deliver on it. Oh shit! But I'll, but okay. So getting into the topics, I think uh, moving from Jump Fiesta, I know like we kind of wanted to talk about an anime we both finished uh, recently, Ooh. which is which right is before Sun this Boy. podcast for me. Exactly. Right before we started filming, you finished uh, your the last episode of Sunny Boy. And man, 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 I love this anime so much. Is this going to be a, so a spoiler-free review, or are we going to talk about some spoilers? I mean, we could talk about some, because it came out in, like, that middle part of 2021, sure. the anime season, so it's been out for a while. Okay, when, I mean, we, don't have when, to... we, when we get talking about the story, we'll, we'll, we'll announce spoilers. I'll put, like, a spoiler warning on the screen or something sure. when I edit this. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I think it's a phenomenal anime i think i i gave it a i gave it an eight and a half out of ten but there's because there are certain things that i thought could have been a little bit better with it but i mean as an overall body of work i thought it was great honestly i i think it's one of the best animes of the year it is incredibly like surreal and trippy but like kind of nostalgic in a sense even though like you could have you could never watch anime you could never visit japan like i haven't but there's a sense of just like you know the the whole point of the show it's like they want to get back home and it's like yeah there's some scenes that are like weirdly like out of like a storybook with uh like when yamabiko's telling his story everything's warm yeah. and and colorful well not colorful but like muted summer tones and you're it's like you're reading a book it's like the weirdest feeling this show gives you but i love it yeah like the animation style is great it definitely uh it's oh it's like, it's like, to, a, like a painting like a painting yeah i said i think i said the other day too i was like it's one of my notes yeah i said like kind of like a painting it's a very artsy anime yes and one thing i do like about it so for those that haven't watched it i'll, I'll give a little bit of a premise so maybe i can entice you to watch it Essentially, 36 students that recently just graduated from middle school going on to high school suddenly get transported to a different... See, now that I'm saying transported, it's going to sound like an isekai. Fuck. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not an isekai. Okay. Regardless of the context of what I'm saying, they get transported to a different world, and some of them end up with power. See, it sounds like a nice isekai. Okay, never mind. 
if someone gets uh, transported, some of them have certain powers that some borderline, borderline on psychic, some borderline on elemental, or stuff like that. So it's uh, basically what they're trying to do is get back to their world, their, their original world, to go back to high school, get back to their regular lives. They don't want to be on this, uh, this world anymore. And so it definitely, you know, it's funny when I first, when the first episode dropped and I was watching it, it definitely gave me, did you ever read Lord of the Flies as a kid in high school? Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically the first vibe I got where it's a bunch of adolescents get put on this, this place. They have no idea where they are and now have to govern themselves. And I thought that was really cool. It definitely gave me a lot of like that kind of, that kind of vibe to it at first. And then it became more of the, this existential open-ended commentary on reality life like what you want to make out of your own life and stuff like that i thought it was really cool god and stuff like it's kind of crazy yeah can we can we talk about that okay this this only 12 episodes long yeah this is why it got an eight and a half for me because they spoilers spoilers okay big spoilers. well actually yeah kind of slight spoilers okay they don't explain anything about the world they live in about how their powers manifested, all this stuff like that. How certain, how some stuff in the world works. They just go here, right? Mm-hmm. And I like that to an extent because there are certain things I felt like they should have expounded on more, like the fact that God appears very sparingly in the in the anime, mm-hmm. but looks like a yakuza boss who got his with like the Metal Gear uh, Solid Five arm. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. And then how that one, spoilers, how that one teacher showed up. And how, because, you know, because remember how they talked about it, students, the only people that got transported are, are students. students. So, how did, so how did she show up on the island? I don't, well, to, to expand on your first thing, I think they don't explain things on purpose because yeah. the, the kids also don't know. True. If if the kids would have known, then uh, Rajdani wouldn't have had that story of oh this man is, this man ended up being the devil and you yeah, you, you yeah, know yeah. what story I'm talking about right yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to I don't want to expound just in case someone wants to watch but that story is about someone important. And if that someone important knew things, then that story wouldn't have happened. He would That's have, true. he would have just been normal. And, yeah. um, I don't think, I think they kind of said it once in an episode. That's not her. That's not Miss Aki. It's somebody else. They, they, they say it's just like a creation because Cause they, remember when they make that first attempt to go back and she shows up and she's not in a student uniform singing the anthem. She's uh, a teacher. So I was like, how does that work? But but okay, also she's wanna... in that she's wearing clothes. When she gets there, she's only in a lab coat. <laughs> that's I true. Think, I think that's to show maybe our, maybe our, this might be digging too deep, but like when they make the, the first attempt, she's wearing all black. And then when she's there, she's wearing all white. I think that's to show, like, they're not the same. I guess. I guess they're not the same versions. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. 
Okay, don't want to get too much deep into it because I still want people that have not seen it to actually watch it. So, yes. um, yeah, I gave it, um, I definitely gave it a, uh, eight and a half out of 10 just because there are certain things I felt like could have got explained. But I will say them leaving a lot of stuff open to interpretation or open mm-hmm. to just us filling in the gaps by ourselves was really cool. Like how, how like you could create your own conclusion on how they hop between different worlds, yeah. how they travel how uh, the concept of God works, like how certain people have their powers. You could really just do that on your own. And then the reason why I thought it was so good, two things. One, the soundtrack is phenomenal. There's yeah. no OP. There's no OP. There's an ED song that happens, which is rolling credits. Yeah. But the sound, the music they play, like while people are going in between worlds, while they're doing regular things, while they have um, – Certain internal conflicts, all those like those songs they play during that. The OST is just phenomenal, and that's it's it's funny you say that, and I agree because the show is so quiet. Like I think the first two episodes have no music whatsoever, none. It's and that and that that creates a feeling of like emptiness and like kind of like shit. What are we gonna do? Like. Right. It, like, no other anime I've seen, and you've read more manga and seen more anime than I have, but no other anime I've seen has given me that sense of, like, fuck, like, what are the main characters going to do? Yeah, that kind of, like, dread. That yeah, they, because, when they, like... When they look out and they see nothing around them. And I think I think that, that goes into, you know, them not explaining much. I think... Because even, like... Like, when, when the show's getting to its final episodes, like the final three episodes, you still don't know what's going to happen. You still exactly. don't know if, like, anything they're going to do is going to work. Like, it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I think that's what made the show really good. And then yeah. second thing is the character development. Like, every major character in there got the development. And one thing I thought that helped that is they clearly established – the kind of person those people are from the beginning. Yeah. It's not like it's like, oh, how is this person? No, they, they're going to tell you how this person is. Nagara is a loner, low-key a piece of shit. Cause like they, and they yeah. do it the way, the way they show you. They don't just tell you the kind of person they are. They just kind of show you, which is really cool. Like when, when that first episode where Nagara walks up and sees that, that dead bird or that, mm-hmm. that bird like kind of dying instead of like – being a uh, nice person, like picking it up and trying to get it to somewhere safe or wouldn't get like further damaged, he just looks at it and walks off. Yeah. And I, and I think so. By the end of it, there's another situation similar to that, and he, you know, has that good development where he actually cares about the living creature he's about. Like he walks up on. Yeah. And same thing with with Mizuo, how she was so shut in. And only really cared about her cats and really like brought them everywhere with her. And then now she's like gets to a point where now she can live I, by herself. I love, love Mizuho. I think she's my favorite character because she ends up being like, she has like quirky quips and like witty quips. Like she's funny. She's funny. I, I she's ended very, up, very funny. I ended up liking her a lot. Um, I, I'm not going to say their name, I but the, one of the stories of the main characters is weirdly tragic but ends kind of happy yeah it's like yeah. like 
yeah, like something happens and then like they're smiling and they say like, oh, whatever happens, happens. It, it'll happen in in no time or something like that. Yeah. But I still have this feeling in my chest where I'm like, fuck, really? <laughs> it's like, damn, I really had to go out like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's what I, I thought that was yeah, a phenomenal show. It, it definitely um, next episode, we're going to talk about our. I guess top ten anime from yes. the year, or just or just our favorite animes from the year. Yes, uh, and Sunny Boy is definitely going to be on my list. I'm not going to tell you what place it comes in, but it's definitely on my list. Sunny Boy, Sunny Boy is on my list as well. Definitely on my list. One anime, qu- real quick, that I wanted to kind of get into uh, talking about is one that's airing that aired this season. This season that's going to have a second core going into the the new 2022 season anime, and that is Ranking of Kings. Uh, Ranking of Kings has to be one of the best anime I've seen so far in this year of 2021. I'm excited for it in 2022, and it's just the animation style is great. The main character is uh, is adorable. <laughs> the I, Prince Boji adorable. is is I love him. Prince Boji is the best. Um, for those who are looking to kind of get into it as well, I'll kind of give you a slight premise. Basically. King Boji is this. I don't. Did they tell you how old he is in the story? He is older than his brother. That's all I know. But he's he looks like he's like five. But he's definitely older than that. He looks so he's a he's about. I would we'll say like eight to ten, maybe eight to ten. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go eight to ten. So, but King, King Boji or Prince Boji is uh, an eight to ten year old who is tasked with being the king after his father comes ill, but. The problem is not there's two problems. One, he's not the best, like he's not the strong willed fighter that his father is. And two, he's mute and deaf. So he can't talk and he can't hear. Right? So they it's really cute and it's really cool like cool seeing how Prince Boji like gets around and how all of the the people that are around and speak in sign language and stuff too. I was I just was really about cool. to say, I don't know if it's like somewhat accurate because I don't know American True. sign language or even sign language in general. They probably do Japanese sign language, but yeah, it's really cool because like, yeah, in the first, I've only seen the first four episodes. I think I'm gonna watch episode five tonight. Like there's like a little part where like his, his, his sword trainer, like, has a story where he learns and then he's like happy to learn so he can finally speak Ex- to Prince Bodhi. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of wholesome moments. And then just some of the the, the low key fights that they have dude, are kind of cool. Dude, they're, they're animated so, very well. They're so quick and it's not shonen esque. Like they're not like crazy, like, ah, but they're animated so cool. Like it, I forgot his name. You know who I'm talking about? The fucking spear dude. Yes. And yes. Snake Dude, when it starts and he's like running around him and, and, and yes. it just stays on him, it's so cool. Yeah, the way they animate the fight scenes are great. And one thing I do like about them, one, they're, they're quick to the point and they, like, they just kind of, they serve their purpose. Mm-hmm. They don't drag. And second, there's a lot, there's a tactical element to the fights. Yes. And to, to slightly spoil one, slightly spoil one, I really want to talk about Boji fighting his brother. Uh, oh with my the sparring god! Match. I was because, so hype because it was good, right? I think, and 
narratively it, it works for uh, a few reasons. So the first one is you kind of get a glimpse of who Boji is as a character and what his character is going to be like moving forward because obviously he knows he can't fight, but he has determination. He's like really wants to be that great, this great king. So what he's going to do, he's like, okay, if my younger brother is probably a better fighter than me, I want to stand to the challenge and see how well I do against him. Mm-hmm. But And so then it serves the purpose, too, of establishing the people, the ops, essentially. Oh, my <laughs> it's, God. It's, it's, oh that was the ops. God, I fucking hated. <laughs> fucking Prince Boji was schmoving. He was, exactly. Bro, he was spot dodging everything and was hitting him. But they were like. That's how a coward fights. I was like, come okay. on. See, okay, see, that's what I'm saying. So you, obviously, we as the audience know Boji's winning the fight. We yeah. automatically know. But narratively, and I guess cultural-wise, as far as the medieval t- uh, medieval setting yeah. goes, that's a real thing. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I, with I, kings, like, yeah. you block attacks, you take attacks head-on, and you attack people with force. You're not dodging and weaving because it's it's seen as cowardly. They, they even they even said um, like they explained it. It was uh, oh, it looks like he's taunting him, playing with his exactly. Prey. It's like he's playing with his prey instead so of just it going attacking. It, it did make sense. So narrative, so like cultural wise, and as far as world building, it makes sense. Narratively, it makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And then it shows you who Boji is as a character. Like he's low key really smart. He's not, understands, he's not understands as his limits as you think he would be. <clears throat> exactly. And he knows his limits, too. He understands who he is as a person. He's like, okay, I can't go straight on against this person, but I can read his attacks, I can dodge and weave, and I can pick my spots and attack. Obviously, he's not going to land a killing blow. Yeah. Because he he's a weakling. people down, though. Yeah, but, like, nobody wants that in a king. Yeah. You're saying? Like, you, you compare him to his father, or even Domus, by the way. Fuck Domus. Uh, All my niggas hate, oh my hate God. Domus. Oh <laughs> Domus is the worst. It's the worst. Okay. But but you see, like, so with his father and Domus, both of them are very powerful, aggressive fighters. Even his younger brother is a powerful, aggressive yeah, fighter. He, he really you know he saying? really charges in. So you get those three people compared to Boji, and then people are going to be like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Why does that, why does that work? I, you know, it was very small, but I appreciated the relationship shown between Boji and his dad. His dad yes. his dad wasn't like, my son is such a failure. No, he was like this big-ass fucking dude. Like, literally big. Like, holds Boji's hand with two fingers. Yeah. But he's still like, oh, like, I'm obsessed with you. I want to protect you. Like, he actually still treated him like a son. Exactly. It's not, I think that was cool. It's not that trope. It's not even an anime trope. I would say it's just a trope in general like western trope too where it's like my son's such a failure like i just feel like it's so that gets annoying but it's cool to see how like he had the king on his side right he had the king i guess supporting him as like a father as a legit father figure there's also something that happens like in the midway i think episode three that i hope returns in the second core i have not I'm, I think I'm on episode, like, seven now, mm-hmm. and that thing that I'm talking about hasn't shown up again. At least I don't okay. think so. So I'm hoping that it has a bigger role to play come the second core when it happens in the, the, next, um, the next, uh, next season for, for 2022 anime. I have 
two things to talk about right now because I looked up okay. I looked up ranking of kings. Um okay. so supposedly this was a manga but like it looks like it's from the 70s or 80s. I think it's a really old manga. Yeah, yeah this manga, this art style looks very old. So I didn't know that. That's kind of interesting that they decide to do it now. I think I'm going to look into that. Uh, secondly, See, okay. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll come back to your first point after you finish. Uh, I just thought this was funny. Uh, I saw this picture where it says top 10 anime of the week for the week of October 22nd to the 29th, which is when Ranking of Kings came out. Mm-hmm. It's ranked at number three, which is pretty good. Uh, number one is Mir- Miracle-chan, which I think I have to watch. You've told me about it. Miracle-chan's pretty but good. But the it's, second it, one is... Yeah. The second one is my senpai is annoying. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Look, I actually like that one. <laughs> I actually like that. I mean, it's it's number two. It must be good, but it's just a funny name. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's it's like a romantic comedy anime about like a, like office office workers and like how one like the the main character I think is the girl and she has like a a crush on the guy she works with, but, but he's, he's like annoying. super, he acts like, well, she's annoyed by him, but she, cause she's like a, a very irritable person, but it's like one of those, you know, stupid rom-com That's shows. Really I think funny. It's, it's funny though. It's good. Miracle Chan, one I think you should watch. I think this is, if I, if I'm correct about this, I think it's the one where the girl can see, uh, demons and spirits. The, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen the, the thumbnail on uh, Funimation. Yeah. It's, it's, I will say this. Um, I know you you're not a big big into reading manga, but I would recommend reading Miracle Chan's manga over watching the anime. Really? Because it's a lot scarier. Really? Like with because it's it's supposed to be a horror comedy, but the horror element in the anime as opposed to the horror element in the manga are two totally different things. So and I and the panels and the the drawings of the actual demons that this girl Miracle comes across in the manga are way scarier than the ones she comes with. Like they're drawn way scarier than the ones that are, than they're animated in the the um uh, the show. So okay, real quick, I want to come back to your th- your thing with the thing you said first with uh Rick of Kings manga. being yes okay. There is a there's a manga I think I I raved to you about it like almost every other day, which is 20th Century Boys and 21st Century Boys. You have yeah, you have talked about it a lot. So you read it on the road trip we went to. Yeah, uh, for exactly, exactly. I read it on the road trip. I finished it. I think I finished it a couple of days after I got back from the road trip. So I if if Rank of Kings gets it, I really want 20th Century Boys to get some kind of adaptation because it's How so good. It? It's Came out like the eighties or nineties. Really? But or like the nineties or wow. I could be wrong about that. But the, the in that era, in that kind of time era. So what's crazy also is the same guy that wrote Twentieth Century Boys wrote this other manga called Monster, and that got an anime adaptation. It's really good. Oh shit! So now I'm just like now it's it's kind of it's irking me because I really want this because people really gotta understand how good Twentieth Century Boys is. I think I want to dedicate either an, uh, a YouTube video or, or a podcast episode just about that manga because it's so good. But, yeah, that's, I'll, that's off my soapbox for now. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in more detail when I get uh, the time to. But <clears throat> I kind of want to move to our uh, the topic that I really wanted to talk to you about today, 
which is one that I saw on Twitter, and I think you saw me tweet about it. Um, this girl was talking about what's the worst anime you've ever watched. Oh, geez. Right? And I have a couple that are on my list, um, and I know you had one that you texted me about. Yeah. That I kind of so I kind of want to hear your explanation. Why? Okay. What is what is the what is the worst anime you ever watched, and why? So, I have I have two submissions, only two. Okay. Uh, one's a show and one's a movie. Okay. Um. So, I haven't seen as much as you have. I'm kind of newly into my anime craze. But I I don't want to just watch shonen. I I want to. Yeah. I, I am more open. I want to see a bunch of stuff. I'm planning on starting uh, Rascal Doesn't Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai soon. Okay. Because uh, okay. I heard it's good, even though it has a name like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just looking through Funimation, and there was a new one. It was called Com- Combatants Will Be Dispatched. Okay. And I'm like, okay, that kind of sounds badass. And then I start the first episode. And there's like this whole speech where it's like, oh, we've conquered the earth and this and that. We got to conquer more planets. And uh, these two, it's a, it's a female voice, two female voices. And they're talking about, we got to conquer more planets. We got to go to Mars, this and that, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then you see who's talking. And it's kind of like, whatever, tropey, sexy girl villains. Yeah. Which I just, it's the first few minutes. So I'm like, okay, I could look past this. And then, like, the guy ends up being dopey and horny. Okay. But, like, way too much. Like, if you think Seven Deadly Sins is bad, this is bad because, like, they're doing it almost like like they know. They're self-aware, but that doesn't make it better. And they're like, he literally tells his bosses, like, why are you wearing that? You can't cosplay as anime villain. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, geez, this is like, it's just corny writing. And then like, okay, he gets sent off with this Android girl who looks young. She's pretty young. So he's not horny towards her, but like all the jokes they have together, it's like, oh, you don't know about this. And it's like, no, I'm a robot. And it's, she's like very straight laced. And it's like, it's just uninspired, and it's kind okay. of annoying. And the the writing... I've only seen the first two episodes. I couldn't get past it. It was just okay. boring. Okay, here's my thing. So, Combatants Will Be Dispatched is supposed to be a comedy anime. Yeah. So, okay, so that's the first thing. So, the thing is... So, in that regard, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> it's the thing. I watched it. I, I think I got... So there's, I got, I got to maybe episode ten, okay. I got to, okay. I got ten episodes in. And my thing is this. So what's kind of concerning me now is the fact that I don't, I don't know if you'd like Konosuba if you don't like Compass with Dispatch because Konosuba is basically is a, a comedy anime. It's a, it's a isekai that's very self-aware of itself, and it has a lot of the same tropes, but they make fun of those tropes in isekai. But the, the I will say the writing, the comedic writing in Konosuba is exponentially better than the comedic writing in Compass will be dispatched. Okay, okay, that's good because I'm I'm not opposed to comedy animes. Dude, the first anime I've like ever, one of the first animes ever I ever saw, and I do genuinely like it, was 
the devil's a part timer, and I think okay. that show that I think that show is very funny. Yeah, but I and it it also is kind of meta. It's with like the fake McDonald's and the fake KFC. Yeah, but it's I just think it's it's written better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna disagree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. The writing in Kabazzi Dispatched is more so focused on more raunchy jokes. Yeah, it kind of gets more old. like. Yeah, more like thirteen-year-old level school lunch table type jokes. Big boobs and, and the guys like Ooh. yeah, and it's funny, and then it overstays its welcome after a while. Sure. So like there, there, there are raunchy jokes in Konosuba that are really funny, but they kind of the way they do them and the way they do other jokes in them in how they intertwine with them makes it a more funny experience. Mm-hmm. Combative dispatch is just straight up raunchy jokes. Yeah, like with the girl in the. I don't know if you got that far with the girl in the wheelchair. How I, like she? I have you didn't not get that far. <laughs> okay, it's like really, they make it. They they introduce her as like uber horny, oh, but geez. then they 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 introduce her as uber horny. But one of the running jokes is that with that horniness, she actually has never had sex before. Oh my god! So that's so that's a that's a running joke in the show because the main character or yeah, the main character is like uber perverted too. Yeah. So he does some shit to her every two or three times about the episode where she's like, we'll say some real raunchy shit and then he'll respond with some real perverted shit. And then she'll be like, Oh no, what are you doing? And I was like, okay, after like the fifth time, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Right. So it's, so the first two times were hilarious. The other umpteen times they do it it's not funny anymore. sure so I, 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 I'll, I'll agree with you on that one so combatively dispatch is what's the what's the movie that you don't rock with oh this one kind of hurts it 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 lands as my worst because of how much it hurt how much it hurt yes so I have a few friends who they might not be into like all the anime that we are into but they do mm-hmm. like studio Ghibli yeah. So I've seen like Porco Rosso with them, which I love. Porco Rosso is one of my favorite Studio Ghibli films. Um, yeah. I recently just saw uh, Castle in the Sky, which is also great. Mm-hmm. But one night they were like, oh, let's have a movie night. And we were looking through and we see Tales of Earthsea. Okay. Which is not by Hayao Miyazaki. It's by his son, Goro Miyazaki. Okay. So we're, th- we're sitting there and we're like, oh my god, Miyazaki. I know it's his son, but like, it it should be good. And the Tales of Earthsea is, is like kind of like a Lord of the Rings book. Like, it's not a okay. manga, it's a book. Yeah. So we're sitting there and it starts off kind of cool. It's like there's a ship and there's a storm and there's a dragon and you're like, whoa! And then for the next hour... Nothing happened. Really? It it is beautiful. Studio Ghibli, it looks like Studio Ghibli and it like looks cool and they're trying to build the world up, but like dude, nothing happens. They're like trying to get to some place. I dude, I don't know any of the characters' names and they they get to this big city and then someone gets chased and then the main character splits off from the group that he was just with 
And then now he's like on a farm and he's doing <laughs> chores oh, for no. the farm lady because he can't pay her. Like is that is that all the story? Is that all the story that happens? They don't dude, we didn't finish it. Oh. We, how far we, did you get? It's like, what, like an hour in, that's it? Dude, we got like almost an hour in, and then we were like, let's just watch Porco Rosso, which was <laughs> infinitely better. Yeah. And and the thing is, I was like, dude, do I just like not, was I expecting too much? Do I just not get it? And then I looked something up. No, that was Goro Miyazaki's first film, and okay. Hayao Miyazaki walked out of the theater. Of his own sons. Because he said, dude, that shit was trash. Oh, my God. How are you going to walk out on your own son's movie from your... Dude, That's it, wild. Dude, it was... That's hilarious. It was so boring. Like, it, it, pay, it pained me to sit through it, but it also pained me to be like, oh, my God, Studio Ghibli is not this legend that we all... They can fail sometimes. Right. Oh my god, that's whew, and that's crazy, dude. Have you heard of the? I think it's the witch in the earwig. I mean, I've seen like some stuff for it, but I've never watched it now. Yeah, I've never watched it either because apparently it's not that good. That is also Goro Miyazaki. Oh, so his son needs to just pack it up. I yeah, maybe is what he's I'm just hearing. not good. <laughs> it's I mean you know okay. This is a theory that I've always had with especially when it comes to sports. That the more popular your dad's name, uh, the more popular the father's name is, the less likely the son's going to be that good. But if the father was like a mid-tier kind of name, the son's going to be like 10 times better. Oh my God. You just, dude, Michael Jordan and his sons. Trash. His son's but, garbage. But Del Curry and Steph Curry. Exactly. Oh Literally, my god! <laughs> the only exception to the rule could potentially be LeBron James's son. LeBron James' son's pretty good, but stuff like Carlos Boozer has two twin sons that are nasty. They're really good, dude. You got dude. Wait, do you know I coach them at, at baseball? You used to coach the Boozer twins. Okay, okay, okay. Let let me let me be clear because I didn't coach them. I worked at the place that they got coached at. Okay. I, so I don't know. You mentioned Carlos Boozer, and I was like, I know those fucking kids. They live here. Yeah, yeah, they're really good at basketball. And you got so you got Dwayne Wade's son. Okay, Dwayne Wade's one of the best players of all time. Uh, Zaire Wade is go- a good player, but just is not going to be Dwayne Wade level. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So you get you get the you get Miyazaki, you get the goat of Studio Ghibli. You get his son. His son's not. His son's got to hack uh, pack it up. His son's got to pack it up. His son's got to pack it up. Damn, that's sad. <laughs> that's crazy, right? It's crazy how that works. Okay, so, okay. now I've, I've said my piece. What's yours? Okay, so I have... Let's see, look at my, my notes. There's um, two... So, okay, okay, there's one, which is Promise Neverland Season 2. Okay, and I it, got halfway through it. <laughs> Promise Neverland season two. And this is, it's the only reason why I say it's bad. Well, I mean, well, people that watched anime only said it was bad. But the reason why I say it's bad is because I finished the manga. And they omit arguably the best arc in the story. Okay, obviously the escape from Gracefield is the main hook of the story. And yeah. it's probably going to, it's the 
best well that's the best uh, arc because it literally sets up everything else and it's 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 like the flagship arc the goldie pond arc though literally establishes a lot of things as far as the story as far as emma's mo moving forward for the rest of the story ray's mo moving for the rest of the story and then as well as introducing you to how the demons operate as a society sure right but you don't get that in season two because they skip that part. They go straight to they go they're, straight they're to in a forest. Yeah, they go. Well, I mean, when they escape Gracefield, they get to a point where uh, they're like in the forest trying to survive on their own. They meet uh, I think his name I can't remember his name Mujica and I think Donzo is his name. Like they Mujica. Oh, the, they the, meet her. The two demons that help. Them. Yes, they meet yeah. them. Like that's they stick true to that part, but then they decide to jump over the the they jump they omit one of the more important character important two characters in the story. They om, they omit the guy this guy named Igor who basically lives in one of the houses that Minerva set away for those kids. He like he live he lives there, and the Goldie part arc is centered around not only Emma, but him as well. Mm-hmm. So you, you omit a very important character. Then you go straight to meeting, finding uh, meeting and finding Norman. Then you skip. Then in order to, then getting to the part where you get to the part where you're just going to end the story, you skip over probably what would have been the mo- the best animated uh, story beat ever with the seven walls, which I'm not going to explain what they are because I really want people to go back and read *Promise Neverland*. But the the part where they were, where Emma and Ray reached the seven walls, like that whole story would have been one of the coolest things animated ever if they had done it. This show needed like four seasons. It needed four seasons. Why? What? Why do you think they skipped over a bunch of shit? I have no clue. I mean, it could be a COVID thing where they really wanted to go through, but they had the original writer on the story. So I don't understand why they just sped run through God knows how many chapters to get to that end point to a conclusion that's to a conclusion that's not really, uh, I guess, I guess, well, the ending of Promise Neverland as a manga is kind of lackluster because the common trope with Shonen is, they ru- is that every mangaka has to rush their ending and can't fully flesh out all their endings mm-hmm. that happens with every mangaka that's written shonen that's gone a long time is as soon as they go hey i want to i have a story in mind of how i want to end it the production company's like shonen jumps like no you got to end it at this date so now they have to like rush a bunch of stuff or change some stuff retcon some things in order to fit this kind of story that ends up getting to the point where it's where it can be finished so a lot of times the endings aren't very good so the ending to Promise Neverland is by no means perfect, but the ending to the anime and how they did that whole thing was really bad. Like it was worse. Like the a lot of plot holes that don't make sense. A lot of characters that would normally do certain things in past events just change on a dime. It doesn't make any sense, right? Sure. So I think it's it's definitely one of the worst uh anime i've seen and you know it's one of those things where it's a running joke that you just uh forget that the season ever happened yeah (laughs) i i i saw the first season and loved it i i remember watching like episode one on toonami once yeah and i was like this is insane so when i got my into my anime craze this year 
I, I, I finished the first season, and the first season's great. Even though there's there's one kind of goofy detail I think is a little weird, but which one which one is it? That Ray remembers inside his mom's womb. Oh yeah, that was kind of that was one of the ones I was like, okay, that's but it's I don't, it's, like, how, I don't like how they did that. It's not enough to make me hate the show. It's just one detail. I think everything yeah. else is well written, and I think it's great. Um, and then season two starts off interesting. Because I don't, I've, I've never read the manga. So it starts off interesting. They're like, oh, they're in the forest and they're getting chased. Whoa. And then they meet the two demons. And you're like, oh, where's this going to go? And then it just just kind of drops off. Like, it's just like, it gets kind of redundant at, at points. Yeah, I'm telling you, yeah, it's, 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 it's bad. It's, that's another, yeah, that's very disappointing. Because it's like, you had such a, a high... That's what I, that's you what it came is. Out you the, s- the bench swinging for the fences, and and then, dude, and then dude. your second time at the plate, you hit a dinky ground ball to, to his first base. Like, bro, it's bad. It's bad. Okay, moving on. So I want to talk about this one that I wrote down that I think is like not really worth talking about that much. Uh, Cestus, which is like a gladiator type uh, fighting anime i watched like the first like four or five episodes uh depending on what it is the only two shows that i've seen that do that do cgi fighting well are kengen ashura and baki those are the only two shows that do cgi characters fighting well this one is terrible really yeah like it's really bad like they're even the 2d animation is bad really like how they they it's just like doesn't really it doesn't really flow very well. This is the, just the dialogue sucks. This is Twinkie Ryu. Yeah, it's bad. I'm looking him up. He just looks like Ryu if Ryu was a twink. Yeah, like I will say though that the the fighting strategy and how they and the history behind gladiator fighting is done very well. It's done very well in the show. Okay. However, it's under layers and layers and layers and layers of BS. Mm. Like the dialogue just doesn't make any sense. The, the the character movements and how they fight on screen just is kind of sucks, and then, yeah, it's just it also it's funny I I haven't read the manga for this, but apparently it jumps a hundred plus chapters from episode one to episode five. What? From episode one to episode five, it jumps it speed runs one hundred chapters. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> it speed runs 100 chapters like and then from from that point then it stays on track but you what you gotta get to 100 yeah. chapters between one and five that just not it's gonna make the show seem the pacing is wild the pacing is just like okay it's all over the place dude i'm watching well not watching i'm looking at like different pictures i hate the way people are designed. I do not like these character designs at all. It's bad. Cestus looks really weird. He's got like big ass ears. Yeah. What is this turban wearing guy? I don't know. I didn't get that far. He looks <laughs> white, but they're trying to make him racially ambiguous. Right. Oh my god. This lady's just Tara Branford from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I yeah, can't. I don't want to spend that much time on this. I think it's just—it's really bad. Okay, so 
I mentioned earlier about Platinum End, how I thought it was it almost made the cut for my worst anime. Oh, I watched. yeah, that's right. Okay, so basically, um, what they did. So, did you do you know about the hype going into the show being made? Uh, no, I've never heard of it. So okay, so basically, it's from the creators of Death Note. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. have. Yeah. After this, I have one hype. But go ahead. Okay. After so it's it's by the creators of Death Note, or at least like a writer on Death Note. Oh. And it has the same kind of premise-ish kind of thing as as Mirai Nikki from the Future Future Diary. Okay. With like, which is honestly one of the more edgier shows ever. Which which is like the the concept of becoming another. I guess version of God and these people have to come down and fight on behalf of these people. And you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's very edgy stuff like that. So Mira Nikki is very uh, edgy. It's very kind of over the top with its gore and its fight scene and stuff like that. And so you take something like platinum end, which has somewhat of a similar, a similar uh, vibe to it. So you would think that the death note creators would take that story and make it more tactical, make it a little more, uh, I guess plot centric and make sure like things flow and it's very interesting. Like Death it's Note, not. they don't exactly like. There's a lot of strategy behind Death Note and a lot of over the top strategy, mind sure. you. But it's still strategy. Yeah. And it still tackles certain things a certain way. They make it make sense. And they yeah. They don't do a very good job with this one. Wow. And I think it's and I think it's partly because of the the characters that they have at their disposal that they have. So. The uh, I forgot the dude's name, so this is really bad. But the main character in Death uh, in Platinum End and Light Yagami are two totally different people. Wow. So like they're not like, uh, whereas Light Yagami want, had this kind of god complex where he wanted to be the end all be all when uh-huh. it comes to uh, justice, right, shit. right and wrong and justice. Yeah. This other guy just wants a a peaceful life and find happiness. That's really Mirai all he wants. Ka- Kakehashi. Yeah, Mirai. So he wants just wants a happy life, normal life. So he, it's so it's crazy because I think I've never seen an anime where the main character has all of these options at his disposal, and actually has a rational way of thinking about things, mm-hmm. but continues to make the worst decisions possible. Oh jeez, like, like it's one of those things where you look at this character and you're like. He sound he's very reasonable. He makes a lot of sense. He has good ideas about things, and he really want and he like really has a good outlook on got outlook on how this is supposed to work, right? But when faced with certain decisions that would be an easy decision to make with that personality and outlook, he just makes the complete wrong one. And I'm just like, do you guys just need to add on to the story? Is that what you need? Is like is it? Is that why you want to have him make the worst decisions possible so you actually have a story? Because some of the, I can't remember some of them, but some of the decisions he has where he's just, it's like, okay, this would be the best option because this would happen and you can, you know, say and solve this problem pretty quickly. And he goes, no, I'm just going to do this over here. It's like, oh my God. It's like, why? Like, why even give him the option of, or why even give him the character arc of being a rational human being? Is if you're going to do that. Is this a hot take of yours, or is this widely known that it's like not that good? What's funny is I watched it, and most of the people that I follow on Twitter <laughs> were like, Platinum Man's fire, Platinum Man is 
a great because it started out pretty good. It started sure. out decently good. Platinum Man's Fire, and I was like, I don't know. I just it's just not sticking with me. By episode, I think like ten or eleven, it all went from Platinum Man's heat to Platinum Man's garbage. <laughs> well, yeah, I asked because it's they're announcing something for Jump Festa, so. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It went from being really good to really garbage, really fast. So that's really the only thing. And I mean, I think people. I don't know people that like that kind of edgy. Kind of form of media, form of genre of anime, may like it, and sure. it may have a, a, a niche popularities to get that point where it's in like a jump fiesta type festivals type thing. So I don't. I don't discount that. But I'm saying. It sucks. <laughs> wow. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. Um, but that's uh, that's it. You got anything? I you because you had, you just reminded me. Uh, fucking isn't isn't someone from Death Note working on Bubble? Yes. Yes. That it's it's like honestly. That um, that production, that move, that movie Bubble is like a dream team of creators. It's like you got the people with Death Note. You got uh, the guy that does the sa- Sawano, I think. You got the guy from the guy Sawano that does all the soundtracks for a- AOT. Yeah, I, I'm reading. The production studio is Wit, who has worked on Fire. Attack on Titan and Vinland Fire. Saga. The director of the project is Tetsuro Araki, who worked on the first season of Attack on Titan and Death Fire. Note. Fire. Fire. And yeah, uh, it's, it's the got rest so many, of it, including music by Hiro, Hiroyuki Sawano. Apologies. Yep, he did, a, he did AOT. He worked on AOT as well as working on Promare, which Promare looks sick. Promare is uh, actually really dope. The character designs are done by illustrator of Death Note, uh, the, of Death Note manga, Takeshi Obata. Oh, I've heard of him. And the, screen, yeah. the screenplay is done by Puella Magi Madoka Magica writer Gen Urobuchi. Okay, Madoka Magica actually hits. I've heard of it. It's heard actually, of. Madoka Magica is really dope, actually. I like it. <laughs> the, the trailer of Bubble, I didn't even know it was a movie. I thought it was going to be a show, but the trailer of Bubble looks really, really cool. Yeah, I, I'm actually excited to, to see when that uh, comes out. It, when I saw the trailer, I hope that's how it actually looks. You know how PVs Same. sometimes don't, like, PVs are like super high quality, but. I hope that's how the movie actually looks because if it does, oh man, it's gonna be a ride, and so I'm really excited to see um, to see that. But uh, you got anything else? See, not after that. Nope. Uh, cool. I think we're good. You got any got any music recs? I think I, I didn't bring it to the table this time. I just don't think so. Have a few. Let me go on my Apple. Um. Oh, actually, I do. Okay, so you know how hype I was for this. Uh, I'm in. Uh, I'm much of a fan of this underground group called EXO Society, uh, which is made up of a few rappers. I I've learned from YouTubers like Super Mega and shit. Uh, yeah. This rapper, his name Rav R A V, dropped a song with Open Mike Eagle, and is produced mm-hmm. by uh one of the producers from Atmosphere, who made. God Loves Ugly. And the song's called Ass Ass Backwards. And it's just... It's basically if a Stanley Kubrick sci-fi movie was a song. 
Yeah, I kind of got that vibe when I heard it too. The production is so so good. Yeah, it's, it's super. It's super smooth. It's crazy. And then like, you know, Rav is kind of depressing. He usually makes like depressing songs, but I don't know. This one I kind of just like vibe out to. I'm not really like feeling no feelings when I when I hear this song. Yeah, you can really just kind of sit and let it rock out. Um, I think when you sent it to me and I listened to it, I was like, dang, this is a really dope uh, song. And then the visuals he puts with it when he releases, like, new music, like, especially on Twitter, yeah. are, like, really cool because they're, they're very heavily, like, anime-influenced as well. You see a lot of, like, re- a lot of retro anime references throughout the, the promotional video that he posts. So I think it's super dope, super dope. And for, um, an, for an album, this one is, is very much a different vibe than what we've said before uh this album's called it's all smiles by no rome uh no rome is signed to dirty hit which is basically the 1975 uh okay i know i know maddie and george from the 1975 help him do a lot of songs okay it 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 doesn't sound like the 1975 even though it is very much pop music yeah, it's a different vibe. So if anyone's a fan of the 1975, don't really expect that sound. It's a lot more electronic. It's a lot more ethereal, but in the sense of not really guitars, more just like like beeps and 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 808s and 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 synths and stuff like that. It's right. It's, it's an interest. I don't think it's not like the best album of the year, and I think. Some people, I I would understand if people didn't like it, but I really do enjoy it. Yeah, I think I, uh, I think I'm, I need to check that out. So yep. I haven't really, I haven't listened to that yet. I probably will check that out after we, after we get done recording. Um, real quick, just to, I guess provide something. I did have something. Um, I guess as of recording this, uh, the Alchemist and Boldy James released uh, an album, That's the eight track right. album, called Super Tecmo Bow which is super dope. Uh, it's, I, I'll say, I say like the combination, the duo of Alchemist and Boldy James, like they haven't really missed at all. Like all of their projects together have been really smooth. I think Alchemist just works well with so many different people. Hell and yeah. so adding him to like a real, like a real grimy type rapper like Boldy is just really, really, uh, really, really good to see. And it makes it some great tracks because the, the vibe you get from listening to a lot of Boldy James and Alchemist songs is kind of like watch like watching New Jack City is the kind of the shit. It's like watching New Jack City, watching like American Gangster. It's like that's how I how I feel when I watch, when I listen to these these albums by the, the two of them. And Super Techno is no different. It's just super dope. Um, it's really quick listen, so like eight tracks, and most of the songs are relatively short. You don't have any super long ones, and there's not many features. There's only one feature, and the feature I forgot the guy's name, but. His feature isn't bad, but it's not great either. But it's, um, I can't remember the name of the song either, but it's it's really good. So I would definitely give that like a, if I had a rating, I'd probably give it like a nine and a half because that guy's feature probably brings about half a point. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but yeah, that's it. You got anything else? Uh, nope, because I have a list on my phone that's for next episode. Yep. And yep. some more hype that is also for next episode. Absolutely. So we have so next episode is definitely going to be our favorites of the year uh, for 2021. I'll probably come uh, 
right before New Year's. It's probably when it's gonna drop, right before New Year's. So, or maybe it might even be like the when it comes out like that next the following week. So, you know, look be on the lookout for that. Um, again, follow us on on Twitter at Nost N O S T plus Ultra all one word. Uh, or Nostalgia Comma Plus Ultra on Twitter is the regular name. Uh, Zozo's Bizarre Adventure on Twitter is the regular name. At Andre Alonzo 17. Follow us on Instagram at all one word Nostalgia Plus Ultra. Uh, thank you guys for listening with, to us today. I appreciate everything. Like, share, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Nostalgia Plus Ultra as well. I really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in with us today. Peace out. Peace.